Thanks to Keith Smith for jumping on. If you missed that, get it on the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The new NBA CBA is 676 pages. Now, a lot of people don't care about this kind of stuff, right? It's boring. A lot of just minutia. Nobody wants you. You care about. Have you read every single page, Ryan? No. I have not, not read not one. one page, nor do I no. intend to. But I did get the new Phil Steele magazine, kids. College football season is officially here, and I've been through 167 pages of that, even though I just received it actually in the mail a couple days ago. So I did receive that. But uh, no, I haven't got into the CBA yet. But I do plan on getting that probably this weekend by the pool. How does read every the, single how page, much does, and that's how you do it. How much does the Phil, Phil Steele magazine cost? $19.99. Nice. I might pick it up. I'm glad myself. that we gave I'm glad that we gave him a free plug. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's been on the show before, so it's worth it, you know. Uh so listen, there's lots of different things that come in this and we talk about the second apron and that really is like restricting teams. There's all this there's a play-in tournament or a, a mid-season tournament, which I love. But I know Trista, you've read all 676 pages. You've been studying it well, over the last 24 hours or so. No, 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 400, 400 pages, 200 pages. I've, no? I've read some of it. I've gone through the okay. finer points <laughs> and I have decided to distill through those finer points and the other people who I love to read and I uh, appreciate and respect their thoughts that gave us the broad strokes. So I compiled those, curated those into the top three things you didn't know about the CBA. Um, so in this episode of the big three, we're going to cover the three things that you didn't know about the CBA. First and foremost, this is a, a freebie, is that the CBA is the collective bargaining agreement. It just dropped a couple of days ago. It goes into effect July 1st, and things are already changing really fast. So you see Jordan Poole, he gets traded. That, that trade saved the Warriors $250 million in luxury tax. Eric Gordon gets waived by the Clippers. That saves the Clippers $110 million just this year in salary and taxes. And that's entirely the result of this new CBA and the very punitive approach to the salary cap. So let's start there, right? The CBA at this juncture is a contract between the NBA, the league that's representing the 30 owners collectively, and then the NBA Players Association that represents current, uh, past, and future players. So they're representing the best interest of guys who are 12 years old, just in the middle school league right now. Uh, it covers pretty much everything that you could possibly have to know. Did you know, by the way, the players get per diem when they're on the road, they get food budgets of $156 a day. Uh, it covers contracts, pensions, everything in between housing allowance. So the first thing really to know about the CBA is how it changed the salary cap. So we all know that the NBA has a soft cap, meaning the teams can spend over that technical limit, but there's a penalty if they do that. The CBA, the new CBA, makes that cap much harder than before. Pause. Um, the new CBA now creates what our, Nick has mentioned it multiple times tonight already, luxury tax aprons, which is a very weird saying of like ceilings. It's like a soft ceiling and then like a hot, hard ceiling. So let's start. The salary cap for this NBA season is $136 million. The league's like, okay, if you kind of like squeak over that number, really not very punitive. You just pay and give up the big check that non-tax paying teams receive at the end of each year. 
But once you hit 165 million, now you're deep into the luxury tax. And that's where things get wild. The first apron hits at $7 million over the $165 million luxury tax line. And so 172 million is where you really get taken down. That's where the tax structure gets super punitive. And teams over the first apron now have prohibitions in this new CBA on trade and limited player exceptions. So makes it very difficult to sign and or trade for players, right? One of the most penal things, pause, that happens with this new CBA is you don't get to just trade one player for many anymore. You have to trade one player for another player of the same you know, salary structure. And once you get to the second apron, that's the Golden State level, basically the MBPA that the players that were in the MBPA, most of them had been taken down by the Golden State Warriors. Grant Williams is on there. CJ McCollum is on there. So now you kind of get a sense of why Golden State is being so targeted. That hits at $182.5 million. And now with the new CBA, there are severe financial penalties and also provisions against trading certain types of first-round picks. They can't use their own taxpayer mid-level exception, which Keith was telling us about us telling us about in last segment. You can't sign buyout players at all. You can't take back money in a trade, which means a team like Golden State, which paid four hundred million in salary and taxes in twenty twenty two might actually be looking closer to a $550 million in 2024 just with a similar payroll, right? The same, same exact amount, but $150 million more just in luxury tax alone. So the cap and the aprons are going to be much more punitive due to what the NBA is now calling the repeater tax, teams that go over the cap for multiple years in a row. And then you start losing draft, kit, draft picks altogether. So it, what it all boils down to is this. The new CBA makes it less punitive to go over the tax barely and super prohibitive to go way over it. Uh, next, in-season tournament, you mentioned that, Nick, modeled after the FA Cup, the National Soccer League tournaments. In NBA in-season tournament will take place in-season featuring all 30 teams. Regular season games will all count uh, as – cup games will all count as regular season games. First two rounds of the tournament will take place – on specific days during October and November. It starts with a group stage, hence the whole uh, cup type of an environment. And then eight teams advance to a knockout round. Final four teams play in a neutral site in December. All players in the final four are now going to get paid. Rumored to be around $500,000 per player. Teams have special cup uniforms. Of course, that increases merch sales. I think that's kind of an intriguing idea. Adam Silver loves soccer, kind of makes sense to me. Uh, and then the last most important thing to know about the CBA that you probably didn't know is that there's this confusing area called contract exceptions, which are major changes to the CBA. It affects both teams under non-taxpayer and overpayer taxpayer on the luxury line. This is really important uh, for what are called mid-level exceptions designed for teams to keep players while being financially responsible, uh, and they count differently towards the cap. So the new CBA, the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, is now $12.4 million a year. It can stretch over three years, not two. And the taxpayer MLE is now $5 million, down from six and a half. So a lot of these like nerd things mean that non-taxpaying teams can now take back 200% in salary in a trade, which gives them even more flexibility to make trades. 
All of that to say, it's supposedly trying to smooth and make it easier for teams to be competitive. What do all these things have in common? They reward teams like Denver for building within the draft and penalize teams for spending way over the second apron like the Clippers. Supposed to create more parity between teams. It's going to heavily penalize those teams that completely ignore the luxury tax. There's a ton of other interesting things, but I think those are the three most important things in the CBA that you have to know. And that's going to impact how much these teams win, their win totals, whether you should bet on them, whether the Phoenix Suns can round out their roster with anyone of note other than Ish Wainwright, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No mention of the lack of a ban on marijuana, though, Trista. I'm, I'm disappointed. I thought that would be the most important thing. No, it's, it's, it's very obvious that with all of that you bring up, I think with the most important point is that they are making sure that moving forward, like the NBA is trying to make it so these super teams and trade requests are harder to make happen. It's harder to put it all together so we can have teams build through the draft. And look, I like it. I, I really do. I think most NBA fans want to see a level of parity there. I want to see some of the smaller market teams at least be competitive, but that doesn't mean that the big market teams can't do the same thing too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I like, I mean, everybody roots for, uh, you know, the small mid-market teams. You know, I mean, if you don't really have a team, like, I love watching a team like Milwaukee win a championship just because it means so much to that fan base. But, yeah, I think it's going to be tougher to build these super teams. Um, but still, I mean, and that's going to that's gonna be like we talked with Keith where it gets to, uh, to be interesting because our guy's going to accept less money to go and chase rings. You know, our guy's going to take maybe guys like Kyrie that are well off, but – I don't think guys, especially on that first deal, are going to do that. So, really interesting. I, I'm i actually a big fan of this, or at least intrigued by this midseason tournament. And, and, like, I feel like, if anything, it's if you're betting on it, you know that you hope at least. We don't know right at the beginning. It's going to take some time to see it, maybe even a couple of years for it to play out. But, like, betting on those games, you would hope, especially as it gets closer, you're talking about games in January that are a part of this, and Hopefully, players are motivated by the money that you can win if you're at least in that final four. So you have something that makes a little more sense as opposed to, oh, my God, it's a December game in the NBA and nothing makes sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense for betting, right? Because it's more futures that we could play. We'll get tournament winner. Mm -hmm. We'll look at prices. You know, you could do an MVP of the tournament. So that's, you know, more things that you could bet. I think it's huge uh, for us and for content. You know, it's just... I'm interested to see if the players get into it. Obviously, you know, it counts towards the regular season, so it's not added games. That was one worry that I had. I didn't want to see these guys playing 120 Same. games or anything crazy like that, mm -hmm. so then the playoff products watered down because everybody's getting hurt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I got to see it because I don't love it. I don't love the midseason tournament, but maybe it'll grow on me. I didn't know that I was going to love the play-in tournament, and I do. Yeah. The, you know what I do the love? Play -in tournament, the pl yeah, the play-in tournament showed us that it, it's, it's something that it gives, it gives more teams at least something to play for at the end of the year. It gets fan bases more involved. Like, oh, look, I'll credit the NBA. They try new things, and that makes a huge difference. If, if you give players, and maybe it's more some of the role players, stars might not be as motivated by the money they can win if they win this tournament because, well, let's be honest, they're all making – hundred million dollars with like Nike contracts or whatever it is anyway. But if you can get some of even just 
mid-level players involved in this. Who knows what type of competitive games that'll bring you in the middle of the season. So, look, the NBA tries new things, and I don't think anybody's anybody's going to at least fault them for that, hopefully. so. But I, I think it's got to grow on us, Ryan, like you said, just like uh, it's going to have to grow on the players. For sure, yeah, yeah. We'll see what it looks like, you know? Hey, get yep. out of there! There we go, Matt. All right, the Grizzlies are sitting at 22-1 to to win the NBA title next year. They have made one major move this offseason. Could there be more? 